This is Rabbi Shammai Engelmeyer, and welcome to Keep the Faith, my weekly podcast in which we explore contemporary issues through the prism of Jewish law and tradition. It was the slap seen round the world, first by the about 15 million people who tuned in to Sunday night's 94th Academy Awards ceremony, and afterwards by so many more millions who saw bits and pieces of it based on what news broadcasts, talk shows, YouTube videos, Twitter feeds, and the like chose to show. Because of that slap, this year's ceremony will go down in Oscar history, even though there wasn't much otherwise that was memorable about it. All people will remember is the moment when the actor Will Smith walked onto the stage and slapped the comedian Chris Rock for making a joke that at least 15 million people saw him laughing at, although that laugh seems to have been forgotten by many. As to the most likely reason why Smith, despite that laugh, then got up and slapped Chris Rock, we'll get to that. People, of course, have been taking sides ever since that moment regarding who was at fault for that act of violence, without realizing, though, that they, that we, bear some of the blame for what happened. So the topic for this week is The Smith Slap, Insult Comedy and Its Popularity, What Both Say About Us and Our Society, and What Jewish Law Has to Say About It All. A little background information is in order. First, Will Smith and Chris Rock have known each other since 1995 at least, when Rock played two different characters, a man and a woman, in an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, a series Smith starred in. Second, Rock hosted the Oscars in 2016. A number of people boycotted the ceremony that year because no person of color had been nominated for anything. Among them were Smith and his wife, the actress Jada Pinkett Smith, who had a role at the time in the Batman prequel TV series, Gotham. During Rock's opening monologue, he zeroed in on both of the Smith, starting with Jada Pinkett Smith. Quote, Jada said she's not coming. I was like, isn't she on a TV show? Jada's going to boycott the Oscars? Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited, unquote. Then he turned on Will Smith. In 2015, Smith starred in the film Concussion. The film received mixed reviews, but Smith's performance was hailed by most reviewers. He played the real-life forensic pathologist who took on the National Football League's efforts to bury his research on brain degeneration suffered by NFL players. Said Rock, Quote, it's not fair that Will was this good and didn't get nominated, unquote. So far, so good. But then he added, quote, It's also not fair that Will was paid $20 million for Wild Wild West, unquote. The film version of the popular television series was released in 1999, 17 years before Chris Rock's gratuitous verbal slap at Smith. So, there's history between Chris Rock and the Smiths. Then there's this. In 2009, Rock produced and helped write an HBO documentary that he narrated about the importance of hair in the black community, 
the film he was inspired to do because his daughter wondered why she had what she had called bad hair. The documentary included a discussion of alopecia, an autoimmune disorder that causes a person to lose his or her hair. Jada Pinkett Smith has been suffering from alopecia for at least four years now. Last year, she decided to shave her entire head. That brings us to Sunday night. The Smiths were sitting right in front of the stage at Hollywood's Dolby Theater where the event was held. Chris Rock saw them and decided to make a joke at Jada Pinkett Smith's expense. In an obvious reference to the actress Demi Moore's buzz cut in the 1997 film G.I. Jane, he said to Jada Pinkett Smith, quote, I can't wait for G.I. Jane 2, unquote. That was an obvious reference to her bald head. The camera focused on Will Smith laughing, but it also recorded the upset on his wife's face. We don't know what upset her more, Rock's bad joke about her bald head or the fact that her husband found it funny. Smith stopped laughing when he saw her reaction. That's when he got up from his seat, walked up onto the stage, and slapped Rock. Smith said he did it to defend his wife, the fact that he laughed at the joke calls that into question. Rather, it suggests that what he was actually trying to do was defend himself from his wife's wrath when they got home. Who wouldn't be furious if his or her spouse or partner laughed at a joke made at his or her expense, especially when it involved their physical appearance? Most likely, Smith slapped Brock for the sake of what we call Shalom Bayit for the sake of maintaining peace at home. In any case, he then returned to his seat and shouted twice at Rock, quote, Keep my wife's name out of your expletive mouth, unquote. That's what happened, and it was bad enough. But now, consider how Americans reacted to the slap scene around the world. According to a YouGov direct poll conducted on Monday, 61% of all adults in the U.S. said that what Will Smith did was wrong. 19%, or almost one in five U.S. adults, ignored the fact that Smith actually laughed at the joke. They bought Smith's explanation that he was incensed and that he acted in defense of his wife's honor, and so they said Smith was right to slap Chris Rock. Incredibly, almost as many, 17%, couldn't make up their minds one way or the other about whether an act of violence was justified. There was a gender divide of sorts here, which makes some sense considering that it was a woman's appearance that was the subject of that bad joke. 64% of men said Smith was wrong, while 19% said he was right, and 17% said they were unsure. Among women, though, while 57% agreed that Smith was wrong, considerably fewer than among men, 23% of women said he was right in slapping rock, while 20% said they were unsure. I wonder, though, how many men would have said Smith did the right thing if they hadn't ignored Smith's laugh and viewed his motive as I do. Seriously, how many of that 64% would have acted differently if they had laughed at a joke made at their wives' expense, only to realize that they'd have to suffer the consequences of that laugh when they got home. Back to the YouGov survey. 
What's really troubling is the age differential and what it portends for the future of this country. Nearly three-quarters of adults, 65 and older, 72% said Smith was wrong, while only 15% said he was right and 13% were unsure. From age 50 to 64, the numbers are just a tad under what they were for the oldest group. 70% disapproved, 16% approved, and 14% were unsure. Then the balance begins to shift. The younger the group surveyed, the fewer adults there were who disapproved of what Smith did. In the 35 to 49 age group, 24%. Nearly a quarter of those surveyed said he did the right thing, while 19% were unsure. Still, a majority in this group, 57%, disapproved. Now, though, this is the scary part. Among the 18 to 34-year-old, only about 46% said Smith was wrong. Just about 55% were either supportive of what he did, 27%, or said they didn't know one way or the other, 28% said that. A majority in this age group either approved of that violent moment or they couldn't decide between right and wrong. People in the entertainment world especially, meaning people in the public eye, people other people look up to and often seek to emulate, were also divided on the slap. Many of them tried to straddle both sides of the fence. Whoopi Goldberg was one of those fence straddlers. On ABC's The View on Monday, she agreed that what Smith did was wrong. Smith, she said, overreacted. That's her word. But then she said that what Smith did was understandable. Quote, It was a lot of stuff probably built up. I get it. Not everybody acts the way we would like them to act under pressure. And he snapped. Sometimes you get to a point when you behave badly. I myself have behaved badly on occasion, unquote. The actress Mia Farrow also seemed to waffle between right and wrong. Quote, it was just a joke, unquote. But then she added, quote, what I saw was one of Hollywood's most powerful movie stars stalk onto a stage to strike a comedian for an unfortunate joke about his gorgeous wife's shaved head. Anyone who is okay with that has probably never been hit by a powerful man, unquote. Outside the entertainment world, Massachusetts Democrat Representative Ayanna Presley, a member of the so-called squad in the House, also suffers from alopecia and shaves her head because of it. She, too, waffled on the subject. At first, she tweeted this, quote, Alopecia Nation, stand up. Thank you, Will Smith. Shout out to all the husbands who defend their wives living with alopecia in the face of daily ignorance and insults. Women with baldies are for real men only. Boys need not apply, unquote. A bit later, though, probably fearing a political backlash in an election year, Presley tweeted that, in fact, she doesn't, quote, endorse violence in any form, unquote. But then she ended that tweet with the words, Team Jada always. She soon deleted both tweets, but it was too late. They're still making the internet rounds. 
There was no waffling for actress and comedian Tiffany Haddish. She was effusive in praising Smith. As she told an interviewer after the show, what Smith did, quote, meant so much to me. As a woman who has been unprotected, for someone to say, keep my wife's name out of your mouth, leave my wife alone? That's what your husband is supposed to do, right? Protect you. And that meant the world to me. And maybe the world might not like how it went down, but for me, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen because it made me believe that there are still men out there that love and care about their women, their wives, unquote. There were many voices, of course, on the other side. The actress Sophia Bush quit the NBC police drama Chicago PD last year because of, in her words, a consistent onslaught barrage of abusive behavior. She's now the lead in the CBS medical drama Good Sam. Said she, quote, Violence isn't okay. Assault is never the answer, unquote. She also, though, had strong words for Chris Rock, and deservedly so. Quote, Punching down at someone's autoimmune disease is wrong. Doing so on purpose is cruel, unquote. Writer-director Judd Apatow said that Smith could have killed Rock. Those were his words. He also noted that the Smiths by now should be used to insult comedy directed at them because they've long been its targets. As witness Chris Rock's 2016 ribbing that I mentioned earlier. Said Apatow, quote, They've heard a million jokes about them in the last three decades. They are not freshmen in the world of Hollywood and comedy. Will Smith lost his mind, unquote. Smith himself acknowledged the truth of what Apatow said. In his very long, rambling speech accepting this year's Best Acting Award, he said, quote, I know, to do what we do, you gotta be able to take abuse. You gotta be able to have people talk crazy about you. In this business, you've got to be able to have people disrespecting you. And you've got to smile and pretend that that's okay, unquote. Jada Pinkett Smith said much the same thing after hearing what Chris Rock said about her at the 2016 Oscars. Will Smith, however, didn't apologize to Chris Rock during Sunday night's rambling speech. Although he issued a public apology to him the next day, there is no way to judge, of course, how sincere he was. Frankly, I'd still like him to explain why he laughed at the joke in the first place. That slap has some comedians at least very worried. It certainly has the comedian Kathy Griffin worried. Her unchecked insult comedy has caused her to be banned from one show after another. Some years ago, while hosting CNN's New Year's show with Anderson Cooper, she made fun of a teenager named Falcon she deliberately mispronounced it as the F-word. CNN nevertheless kept her on for the next year's show, only to drop her afterwards because she posted a photo of herself on the internet holding a model of a bloody, decapitated head that strongly resembled then-President Donald Trump. You may recall that photo because it made headlines the world over. As Griffin tweeted this week, quote, now we all have to worry about who wants to be the next Will Smith in comedy clubs and theaters, unquote. Insult comedy has been around for a very long time, although picking on people for how they look or how they speak should never have been on the menu. 
The comedian considered the master of the art of insult comedy was the late Don Rickles. Rickles went over the top many times, too many times for my taste. But he did so for one reason only, and that's where we come into this mess. His audiences lapped it up, even as his targets squirmed. Rickles' success bred a large cadre of insult comics, including the late-night TV hosts who reveled in it in their monologues, even Colbert especially. If you're someone Colbert doesn't like, a Republican officeholder, for example, he can be vicious, and that viciousness is often visually displayed as well as verbally. For example, he once put up a photo of Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell side-by-side with a photo of the Great Goblin, a truly ugly-looking creature from the film The Hobbit. The point he was making was that the two looked alike. The audience jeered at McConnell's photo, said Colbert, quote, I'm not sure if you're booing for McConnell or the Goblin. They're both bad guys, unquote. Another time, Colbert put on screen a photo of McConnell and referred to him as, quote, a sloppy first attempt at a pancake with blueberry eyes, unquote. Colbert often does similar bits in skewering others as well. He gets away with it. They all do. Because audiences love it, and the late-night TV ratings reflect that. Politicians especially are fair game for derisive comedy. But that comedy should be based on what they say and do, not what they look like. People who are not in the public eye, though, also are targets at times on late-night TV. They're not fair game. But we still tune in, and we still laugh at their expense. Insult comedy exists because we allow it to exist. We encourage it by attending these comedians' shows, often at exorbitant ticket prices, by our boosting their ratings by watching them on TV, and by our applause. We also encourage it by allowing insulting people to be a part of our mainstream political discourse. Attack ads are common at election time, and all too often, we vote for the candidate who put up the most ferocious attack ads, even when we know the ads were lies. And let's be honest, we do it too, even if only in private. We engage in nasty comments about other people, including their physical appearances, sometimes even their race. Insults and their acceptance are so ingrained in our culture that most of the time we don't even recognize when what someone is saying is an insult. Before Mia Farrow realized what she had said, she defended Chris Rock by saying it was just a joke. I've heard someone say that Chris Rock wasn't insulting Jada Pinkett Smith. He was trying to compliment her. Will Smith may actually have thought that when he laughed at the joke. In my opinion, though, Chris Rock wasn't complimenting her. Let's move on to Judaism's take on all this. As I've mentioned in previous podcasts, there's an entire category of misdeeds under Jewish law that involves our lips and our ears. Overall, these misdeeds are classified as onaat divarim, verbal wrongs. And these verbal wrongs include lashon hara, bad speech. Insults are verbal wrongs. Starting with the Torah, we're warned against embarrassing and insulting people. Proverbs, for example, warns us, quote, He who rejoices in another's misfortune will not be clean of misfortune himself or herself, unquote. 
the late 18th and early 19th century Hasidic master Rav Nachman of Bratislav, the great-grandson of the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of Hasidism, cogently summed up what comprises bad speech. It includes, quote, talking unfairly and untruthfully about other people, telling people what their friends and acquaintances said about them or did to their disadvantage, telling lies, cynicism and sarcasm, flattery, embarrassing people publicly, obscene talk, unnecessary remarks, and so on, unquote. Regarding embarrassing someone publicly, the Torah in Leviticus insists that when we see or hear something unseemly, we have to rebuke the offender. But then it adds, quote, but do not bear sin because of him, unquote. According to our sages of blessed memory, this means that the one doing the rebuking may not do so in a way that embarrasses the other person. Rebuking someone without embarrassing him or her requires a great deal of restraint and wisdom on the part of the rebuker. But that even someone who did something wrong may not be embarrassed by a rebuke tells us just how serious an offense embarrassing someone is. Our sages also taught us that, quote, it is far more acceptable for a person to throw himself or herself into a fiery furnace rather than humiliating another person in public, unquote. Insult comedians assume that their victims will take their jokes in stride. The Talmud warns against making any such an assumption. If one insults someone, it teaches us, there's no guarantee how the victim of the insult will react. That goes double when an insult is directed at someone's disability or infirmity. The sage Rabbi Yochanan warned us against embarrassing someone by referring in some way to an illness he or she may be suffering from. Chris Rock clearly knows what alopecia is and what it looks like because he produced a documentary that dealt in part with alopecia. He may not have known that Jada Pinkett Smith suffers from alopecia, but he shouldn't have made fun of her bald head. One way people shouldn't react to insults is with any kind of angry response, and especially a violent one. Maimonides, the Rambam, had sharp words for those who throw out insults at others, for whatever reason. Said he, quote, Only an evil fool reviles and abuses people, unquote. At the same time, though, he warned against responding with anger, quote, The conduct of the just is to take insults, but not give insults. Unquote. He also said, quote, Anger is an extremely evil tendency. One should teach himself not to get angry even over a matter that warrants anger. Unquote. It's not just the insult comics who are at fault, though. As I said, we're all at fault, too, because we listen to their insulting jokes and we encourage them on by laughing at them and even paying to hear them. This, too, is how Judaism sees it. The Talmud, for example, teaches us that those who engage in bad speech, quote, deserve to be cast to the dogs, unquote. And who are those persons, says the Talmud? They include the person who engages in bad speech and the person who encourages that bad speech by listening to it. What Will Smith did was wrong, pure and simple. 
If I were on the Motion Picture Academy's board, I would ban him from ever being a presenter in the future, a traditional role for award winners, and I would also not invite him to future ceremonies, period. What Chris Rock did was also wrong. Neither he nor any other insult comic should be allowed to appear on stage at any awards show without a firm commitment not to engage in insulting anyone. Those who put on these award shows should make such a commitment part of their standards of practice. But all of us need to recognize our role, and we need to understand what it says about what's happening to our culture, and then we need to change it before it's too late. We also need to understand that what we do and how we speak sends a message to our children that such things are acceptable. That survey I mentioned is proof of that, since it's the youngest group of adults who were most likely to see what Will Smith did as acceptable. I've been warned, by the way, that if I ever laugh at a joke made at Donna's expense, I'd better get used to sleeping on the couch. Ouch. This is Rabbi Shammai Engelmeyer. I do hope you come back for my next podcast, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about this or my other podcasts. Go to www.shammai.org, www.shammai.org, and email me, please. If you don't get the Jewish standard but want to read my columns, go to the columns page of my website. The latest column is about why Vladimir Putin is the poster boy for the white Christian nationalists in this world, especially here, and why we need to be very afraid of that. Shabbat Shalom. Stay healthy. Keep wearing those N95 masks while outside, no matter who tells you otherwise. And get fully vaccinated if you haven't done so as yet, including both the third and fourth booster shots. And above all, stay Say